0: want to take a quick second to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, Major League Baseball, well, I guess not the NBA anymore, NFL, PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win uh, than the traditional fantasy sports apps, which can be kind of confusing. Download the No House Advantage app, check out our daily player prop contest without having to make a single deposit it's easy play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with your friends use promo code edge that's edge edge when signing up and they'll match your first deposit up to 20 bucks and if your first deposit is at least 10 bucks you get a free pff edge subscription that's 40 dollars. it's a whole year's worth for 10 bucks it's insane no house advantage offers daily player prop contests that include types of player statistics feature player prop contests combined players of different positions the whole thing it's awesome so download the no house advantage app right now use promo code edge edge it's a, an absolute steal do it <laughs> is uh, the Monday night, Tuesday morning edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast presented by No House Advantage. This is a special, a very exciting edition because we have Tuesday night football. So usually this is the one you look forward to because Ben and I are going to talk about early week, uh, you know, next week picks. So this would be week six. Um, But you get that and you get a game tonight. So we're going to start with Bill's Titans, um, or as I put it, Josh Allen versus the Montgomery Episcopal Middle School <laughs> Titans, uh, which is, I think, where the Titans are practicing over the course of the last week. Um,
1: maybe, quite, ha- maybe practicing, right?
0: Is it perhaps?
1: That, it's not quite confirmed.
0: Congregating, singing nursery rhymes. Who knows? Um, well, I will have to ask Clay Travis's kid, I guess. Yeah. Alright, um, this is, I believe, still three and a half, and I am curious, I have a pretty strong take on this, I'm curious what yours is.
1: Yeah, so I, I feel like I have a pretty strong take as well, our ELO rankings have these teams much closer than the current spread, I think, if you looked at the preseason line, it was essentially a pick em or a toss-up, of course. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen have definitely looked legit starting off here in 2020, and uh, no one's technically seen anything from the Titans except for a few Twitter photos floating around for the past two weeks, which kind of feels like two months in COVID time frame. But um, I I'm leaning towards the Titans at this point. Three and a half, I think, is just kind of too much of a number change, I think. Plus three is definitely questionable, but at three and a half, especially if we're getting plus one fifty-five on the money line, I'm uh I'm taking the points in this situation back in the Titans. I think they kind of um, I think they're gonna play better than expected. I think people are kind of playing into the injury narrative the loss of COVID, kind of overreacting to that news. I do think they're going to get A.J. Brown back. Taylor Lewin is, I think, questionable. He could lean towards playing as well. So I don't think their injury situation is going to be as bleak as people turn it out to be. And in that case, I do think 3.5 is going to be some pretty decent value. I also think um, just with how things have gone on, obviously the Titans have been affected by it, but they've had probably two weeks to adjust to it. The builds have kind of been, you know, thrown into a little bit of a chaotic environment as well, and they have, you know, a pretty difficult stretch here coming up. I think the Titans are going to play well here on Tuesday night. Then they have to go in and, uh, you know. Take on Kansas City at home, which is another difficult stretch. So, I do think just from that perspective, we're definitely going to find out what Buffalo is actually capable of. But I kind of could see this being a little bit of a letdown spot for uh, the Bills. Yeah. So, I'm definitely backing the Titans at three and a half.
0: The, so, the letdown spot is the one thing that concerns me because you're right. You know, Kansas City on Monday night, that's a game you have circled before the season starts. It's a game that Josh Allen has circled before the season starts. Um, that's really the one thing that worries me. The other side of it, I'm on the other side um, of you on this, and here here's my reasoning why. The Tennessee Titans have been thinking about all things other than football for the past two weeks. Very clearly, in fact, probably for the past month, they've been worrying about how they uh, sneak out to bars and uh, do things that they sh- you know should not be doing to protect their team, and that. that is the opposite of the Bills who have been on a war path in terms of actual football. So that, to me, you know, so I'm not, you know, the home field has really not been a huge thing this year. So I'm kind of writing that off for, for a second here. And then I think about the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, last year, Ryan Tannehill, one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the NFL, he's back kind of down towards the middle of the pack, about 71 uh 72 pff grade so far more turnover worthy plays than big time throws will not have really had a chance to throw passes to aj brown in a while um and on the other side of things the buffalo bills are humming and you know that i know cole beasley's a little banged up but they have stefan diggs and that that is something you know that josh allen's Diggs being on the same page having practiced together is something that the titans have have nothing close to and um the last part of this is the Titans are a 3-0 and team that is, in terms of betting, 0-3, right. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and like, that's a massive flip in narrative. So I actually think that three and a half, I, you know, to me, this is last year, you look at this and you go, man, this is ridiculous, right? And in 2020, that just doesn't carry the same um, you know, kind of uh, oomph to me and it, it also offends me like I would always be on the Titans in this spot and so for that reason because it makes me feel a little uneasy and because of how Josh Allen is playing I think he's the third highest graded quarterback how great the Bills are playing how poorly the Titans have played despite their record I am on the Bills at 3.5
1: Yeah, I can definitely say, and that's what's so intriguing about this game is there's probably so many built-in narratives at this point that you can really lean either direction because, like, the way I'm looking at it as almost like the Titans might use this as some sort of like rallying cry or something. Like it's us against the world sort of mentality thing where they're going to essentially come out here and try and play for as good as possible with, you know, a depleted roster and stuff like that. So that's my perspective a little bit. And I do think, you know, I'm not sure how much of the Kansas city game reshuffling things like that for the bills who, you know, are potentially more or less like a victim in this scenario where they didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but there's obviously some follow-up from that. Um, So there could be, you know, just some things happening in their minds as well. But I definitely think that uh, it's going to be an intriguing game. I think it's either going to be, you know, some really high quality football where we see the over hit, or it could be the worst game of the week. I think the range of outcomes for what we're going to see here on Tuesday night is, yeah, dramatic at this point. And
0: because it's an island game, like, you have to bet on it. Right. Uh, you know, I, I like the over actually 53. I think even if it's kind of a train wreck of a game, there's that still makes it go over um, the way the Bills are playing offense. Like they, they're no matter how you slice it first second down passing overall EPA, like uh, per play, like they're a top three to five team in all these situations. Josh Allen is playing amazingly, even in stable um, in stable situations, you know, from a clean pocket, um, quick throws, all those things. So, um, this will be very exciting. Let's quickly, before we get to week six, um, do our prize picks. So, PrizePicks.com. It's basically a way of parlaying um, props, so to speak. So, you have fantasy point totals for different players, and you can pick whether they're going to go over or under that projection. And you pick anywhere from two to four players. and if you hit those, you get a certain payout. So if, for example, if you hit all four, if you pick four players and you hit all four correct, you can get 10x your money. Um, let me make sure I get the promo code correct for you. I believe there is one. Uh, it's somewhere here in the read. Yes. Promo code, PFF, I should have known that. Yep. And you get a 100% match on your first deposit, up to $100. That's actually insane. So um, let's get into it. Uh, how many players are you going to parlay?
1: I'm parlaying just two. Again, I've been pretty hot, I guess, on the two-player two, two player parlay, Ooh. so I'm going to stick to that, I think, for uh, one more week. I do have a little bit of – there's a little bit of correlation here. I'm not sure it's as obvious to most people, but I did mention A.J. Brown, over 13 fantasy points. I do think, um, you know, with Adam Humphreys probably going to be out. Corey Davis going to be out. Uh, Michael Calpree is also going to be out I, I mean he's kind of the only person in this passing offense outside of John Smith so I do think that his target share is going to be excessively big if we if he's actually able to play which I does I do I would enjoy him actually suiting up here so over 13 fantasy points I know he'll probably see a higher percentage of routes against Tredavious White I'm not necessarily too concerned with that um, in general but I think that White not exactly graded that well here to start the season, so I think just on volume alone, I think AJ Brown can definitely get over this thirteen points in a PPR setting. Um, you know, the perceived difficult matchup I think is kind of holding or reducing this line down just a little bit. So I definitely think there's a buying opportunity on the over. Other spot, John Brown under twelve fantasy points. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Cole Beasley just a little bit banged up. Uh, I just don't think that there's going to be um, the volume necessary for John Brown to get out to get over this. Uh, fantasy point total if he doesn't score a touchdown, which I don't necessarily see happening here on Tuesday night. So, John Brown under 12, A.J. Brown over 13. That's my, my that's my prize picks here coming up here for Tuesday night.
0: I like it. I'm going two players as well. I'm going a correlation. I'm going away from A.J. Brown. I'm going with Johnu Smith. <laughs> the Bills are not going to be able to cover my main man, Chanu, And Ryan Tanhill, 18 um, projected fantasy points. I obviously think the Bills are going to be the team that that wins this game, so I think Ryan Tannehill will have to throw. So I'm going over. Overs are fun. Price too short to bet the under. Ryan Tannehill and Johnny Smith over. Johnny Smith's 11 and a half. Dude's gonna get that on Yak alone. Right. All right. Let's move on to week six here. Um, there are some good games. I'm gonna let you kick this off. What's the game that you're looking at?
1: Uh, I'm really excited about this Cleveland at Pittsburgh game. Yes. So I'd like you to talk talk a little bit of sweetness to me here coming up. Okay.
0: So, I've thought a lot about this game. I was, uh, as we have talked about, uh, I am the recipient of another steak dinner from Eric Eager because I continue to just pound him in terms of picking games that we disagree on. And I was on the Browns against the hapless Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers' dead arm. However, however, I'm not going to get suckered into the Browns. Baker Mayfield is grading worse than he did last season he is banged up he is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers I love Kevin Stefanski I love what he's doing this to me is the spot where Baker Mayfield can play so poorly that it overcomes Kevin Stefanski three and a half um, man I, I just there's it's a gut feeling honestly that like the Steelers are still the big brother in this division. They have a bunch of weapons. I think they're able to expose um, the Browns secondary a little bit. Ben Roethlisberger throws the ball quickly and uh, doesn't have a dead arm to the extent that Philip Rivers does and so I think that mitigates uh, Miles Garrett a little bit. They also don't have uh, La Raven Clark at left tackle. So um, I-, I like the Steelers minus three and a half even though they don't have you know fans in the stands. What are, your, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that narrative. I do think that Cleveland is getting a little bit overhyped. We did see it last week just with the line movement um, and how significant that was towards them in that Colts game. But I don't know. I'm not necessarily at the point where I'm going to say Big Ben is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield at this Stop. point in his career. Big Stop Ben is it. 19th in passing grade from a clean pocket. He's in the exact same tier as Baker Mayfield, Drew Brees, and Mitchell Trubisky. So... I. Uh, i don't i know i know chase claypool had a little bit of a breakout game but um juju smith hasn't really been involved i would say that much deontay johnson he he, people like him but i don't think he's um i think he's more of a gadgety type player than what people probably give him credit for so just from that perspective i like the cleveland browns um skill position players a lot more than pittsburgh and then you know you mentioned it. it does come down to defense in you know I guess looking at it in a matchup based setting, it probably doesn't matter that much from, um, you know, an expectation of winning. But, I mean, Miles Garrett is playing lights out at this point in time. Um, and so, so I don't is know. TJ Watt. Kinda, yeah, so is TJ Watt. That's the thing is, it could be an ugly, ugly game. And in that and in that scenario, I am taking the three and a half points. I do think, obviously, three is a completely different discussion. But at three and a half, um, I'd be buying into the Browns here for one more week. I don't necessarily, it goes back to the fact that I'm not, uh, quite ready to take big ben over baker mayfield at this point in time so
0: yeah no it, you make a you make a really good point and my you know baker mayfield broken ribs that's
1: and that's and that's probably probably didn't factor in too much you know man i mean I I, that yeah. pittsburgh
0: defense is getting pressure on nearly 50% i think of their pass rushes the next right. closest is 40% um I know Baker's a tough son of a bitch, but, like, man. Um, I could also see a play on the under 51 here. Right. Uh, that is something that I'm looking at as well. I like that quite a bit, actually.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think that's definitely a little overinflated. That's moved up a point, so I think that yes. might be probably the viable. They saw play. Pittsburgh
0: put up a ton of points against the Eagles. The Eagles uh, don't have a defense. Right. All right. Let me give you one that um, Eric and I talked about that I'm a huge fan of and this is the Washington football team playing in New York against the New York Giants. The Washington football team is getting three points. The New York Giants should not be favored against anybody. I understand that Washington is not very good. I understand that they lost miserably to the Los Angeles Rams. I get that. The Los Angeles Rams have Aaron Donald. The New York Giants don't have... It could combine the skill of all the players on their team and it couldn't get Aaron Donald. So um, getting three... Uh, I think the Washington football team is just they're flat out better. Uh and they have players, they have star players that the Giants simply don't. They have Terry McLaurin, they have right. Chase Young. Um, and so getting three I think is a huge value here. I'll take yeah. the football I, team. I would
1: say I would say any one of the three quarterbacks that ended up starting for Washington, they're probably better than Daniel Jones as well. So I think that definitely <laughs> plays into it. You guys had you guys had a good pick and a good write up. I think you got it at three and a half, it's obviously mm-hmm. down to three now, which does change some things. Um getting off that key number. Yep. So if if I was buying in at 3, I don't feel as great as 3.5, of course, but um, this is something that I definitely think we could watch here coming up um, to see if it gets back to 3.5. But right now at 3, I don't know if I can touch it here because this is going to be a game that I don't even necessarily know if I really want to be tuning into at this oh, yes. point. I feel like I have to. That's the to, whole point. You know?
0: <laughs> don't want to watch it. In fact, I also like the money line, plus... Right.
1: I mean, I think I think at plus three, I think going to the money line is definitely the appropriate play if you yep. can't get to three and a half. Definitely.
0: So. All right, give me one.
1: Let's go to Green Bay at Tampa Bay. I want to hit on some of these marquee mm-hmm. matchups. So,
0: what do you? What do you, So right now, I see I see one and a half. I think it was right. two and a half last night. Um, Packers now favored. Look ahead though, is Tampa Bay favored? I mean, I know it didn't move really through a key number.
1: Um, it was so preseason. It opened up at four and a half. I think this week it kind of opened up at one after that Thursday night mm-hmm. football game, and then it's kind of flipped. Basically, crossed crossed over zero. Now Packers are one and a half point favorites. So that's where I'm seeing it at currently. I guess.
0: Um, I think my favorite play in this game is over fifty four. I
1: I don't the, I don't buy into the Tampa Bay defense at this point. I I'm all, not buying.
0: So. I've said this I said this uh, today on Decent um, I- I'm not playing in any defense right now
1: right yeah, you can't Yeah.
0: this is offense now the sneaky thing about this game is Green Bay is coming off a bye they're rested they get Devontae Adams back um, Tampa Bay is also coming off a mini bye so um, is Godwin I don't know if Godwin I'd assume I, he has to I would assume he's
1: finally going to be back yeah, yeah I would agree with that so, so
0: to both he- offenses being healthy Tom Brady's performance. I believe that Tom Brady is being undervalued in this matchup. Right. He is playing really well. The whole fourth down thing, they beat themselves in Chicago. I like buying Tampa Bay, I think, at the bottom of the market. Um, I don't necessarily want to run into the Aaron Rodgers buzzsaw, so the way I'll kind of play that is, um, look, if Tampa Bay gets out to a lead, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. So uh, I'll go over 54.
1: Yeah, that's not bad play. I do think uh, maybe the market just has a little bit more movement in it. Of course, you know Tampa Bay basically is coming off a game on Thursday, so uh, maybe once they open up more limits, we might see a little bit more movement. In that scenario, I do think Tampa Bay would definitely be playable up if they got to two and a half, maybe even three. I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen, but um, if I'm betting on it, I would definitely be taking the Bucks plus money on the money line unless it got out to two and a half or three. Then I'm probably deciding just just with the Bucks on the spread at that point. So. But I do agree. I think think the play is uh, on the over, which moved up from 52 to 54. So it does seem like the market is probably in agreement with us at this point. Um, But I don't think it'll probably move too much higher than 54.
0: All right. Next up, I want to go to – let's go to Sunday night really quickly. San Francisco 49ers looked awful, absolutely awful against the Miami Dolphins. They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Rams. After seeing that secondary, I don't know how anyone could bet on the San Francisco 49ers, and yet, and yet, at three and a half, here we are. I will be betting on Kyle Shanahan this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean it's scary. This is the game that actually moved the most um, from the preseason mm-hmm. line. We had San Francisco minus six and a half obviously things have changed dramatically for the 49ers um you know i think jimmy Garoppolo is better than what he showed obviously in his appearance against miami i mean he has ab- he asked me right he absolutely it can't has be me. worse he can't be worse, he literally so. Can't be worse. <laughs> so i do agree from that perspective that you're definitely buying low on san francisco the rams were a team i was low on to start the season they've been better than I would expect but I still don't think they're that great Um, so I do think they're probably a little bit overvalued from the market at this point so three and a half points I would lean um, definitely towards San Francisco I am on board with that pick here for you and Eric and I do think that's probably you know one of the best early season write-ups because I do think I do think it could move down here to plus three as well so
0: the the, real quick the one thing I'll mention the Rams are all about Short throws only. Drew Brees had has a lower A dot than uh, average after right. the target than Jared Goff and yards after the catch. So you kind of mitigate the um, inability for the secondary of the Niners to cover downfield. You know maybe they can just make a few tackles. Yeah. Um, all right. Give me uh, give me another one.
1: Let's go. Let's talk Kansas City at Buffalo. I know we already discussed Buffalo a little bit here. Do you see a line anywhere here? So I've been seeing three and a half at this point. Okay. In Kansas City. Yeah, in Buffalo. In Buffalo. I think it's going to be Monday night. It's kind of, you know, obviously we could see some adjustment based on what happens tomorrow. But at three and a half, do you think that's a viable play on either side?
0: Man. Um... I don't know why I'm am scared to bet against the Bills. <laughs> I I really kind of am. Um, that being said, uh, I think what I would do is I would wait, and I would wait to see if the Bills if the Bills beat the Titans, and maybe um, you know that comes down a half point, and then I would grab Kansas City at the bottom of their market right and the bills after playing a primetime game looking really good um because this is a hu- that would make this a huge game for Kansas City they would have to win this game um to give themselves you know to try and keep themselves in that first um uh seed consideration that so that's my thought there what do you think
1: yeah, I mean, I kind of said earlier, I think this is going to be a really tough two-game stretch for the Bills. I'm already probably fading them uh, against the Titans here, so I think I might just double down and go Kansas yeah. City, even at three and a half at this point. So I think we can definitely find out what the Bills are made of here, which I'm definitely excited for. Um, obviously, there's the whole Josh Allen thing, who has looked great to start the season, but I think this is going to be the stretch where uh, they look, obviously they look like AFC East contenders, but are they really in that top tier of, teams in the afc i think we're gonna find that out here over the next two games so that's what i'm excited for i
0: I want a like 10 second answer on this game because it doesn't bear it doesn't require any more but i'm just curious because i talked to eric about this last night i tried to get him in on this it was like nine nine and a half it's now eight so we would have gotten a a decent amount of closing line value colts Bengals. colts are eight point favorites now
1: I mean, I'm going Bengals for sure. There's no doubt about it. I would have bought it at nine and a half. I'm still buying it at eight. Um, Colts are overrated. We have been... I think we have led the charge yes. on the Colts being fraudulent for the last two weeks. They proved us wrong probably two weeks ago, but we were right last week. I'm not going to quit them now that I think that they actually are. I have some momentum going in my direction at this point. So I mean, the, load up the Bengals for one more week here. Where's
0: Jacoby Brissett? He, he's got to be getting warm <laughs> on the sidelines there. Okay, I'm glad it's we're aligned there. I'm glad, And you know... The, the the listeners of this podcast, of which there are hundreds and hundreds of them, uh, you know that at listening to this pod that Ben and I will not just agree for no reason. As you've heard, we've already disagreed. So, um, I would I'd say
1: our track record when we have agreed in the past weeks have, has been very good for teams. I have zero be evidence
0: on, so. that it's been anything but perfect. <laughs> exactly. uh, okay, here's the last game I want to talk about, and that is what I think may be my favorite bet so far and i think you can find this at three in some places and that is the cowboys at home with andy dalton at quarterback um this game has swung almost six points from cowboys favored by three to cardinals two and a half three in some places i don't understand this at all the dallas cowboys so that would basically say dak prescott six points better than andy dalton I reject that narrative. Andy Dalton could be starting for half the teams in the NFL. He is a good quarterback. If you watch... Did people not... Did they turn off the TV when Dak Prescott got hurt? Because you would have missed Andy Dalton throwing some dives. He was great. He had like an 88 grade on his you know, 12 dropbacks. And that offense is going to... They're going to provide plays for him. They're going to get open. He should not be an underdog at home. And I think here's the sneaky thing. I think this... That Dak Prescott's injury does not help the the Cowboys. That's an asinine take. However, I think it forces the defense to like wake the hell up right. and you know try a little bit. And um, it, I, the Cardinals are fine. they're a good team. They should not be a road favorite to a, a live offense.
1: Right. yeah, exactly. I agree with I agree with one hundred percent of that. Um, I do think there's obviously things that people, uh, project out based on what other things actually end up playing out so just because the Cowboys you know step up and play better defensively doesn't mean that it was any sort of you know reasoning or anything to do with Dak Prescott giving an injury besides the fact that he was probably like a really great leader from the team and the guys want to rally around him and actually perform well as opposed to it being any sort of thing where they're relying on the running game or something else to actually be better defensively so I would definitely reject that part um, that other people have said, but I do agree that I do think Dallas is actually going to play really well here. We have, you know, also, you know, probably besides the team, besides the Colts, I think Arizona is another team that we've kind of been lower on over the past few weeks. It's turned out to be um, a worthwhile take, obviously, two weeks ago. I mean, I'm not really going to judge them based on what they get, did against the Jets last week. Here, Look, so.
0: only Eric was willing to take the Jets in that game. <laughs> I was not, I will not take the Jets. The Jets does not count, but we faded them against the Panthers. That was shrewd. And, and you're, what you said, uh, hopefully people didn't misinterpret me. What I was saying is exactly that. Is that right, the defense,
1: and that's what I was saying, yeah.
0: The defense isn't playing better because they're going to run the ball more, which, by the way, I don't think they will <laughs> because right. Mike McCarthy is not an idiot and Andy Dalton can throw the ball accurately. That's what he's always done. He's not Dak Prescott, but he can throw the ball accurately. And yeah. um,
1: and he showed that on the last yeah. drive basically as well. So,
0: Okay, cool. Um, this was awesome. By the way, if you are getting excited for today's game later today, we'll have a bunch of props content for you throughout the day. Ben, you're writing up um, your favorite props. Uh, Those are an absolute must-read. That's the first place I go um, before I place any of my prop bets. And then uh, hopefully I can convince the big guy, the doctor, Eric Eager, to do a little uh, pregame props
1: uh, periscope. Exactly. Love it. Love it. I'll be tuning in for that, too. So it's going to be a great day. Ask us some questions. Bonus football. Bonus football. I'll get some I'll get some things going in the chat. Don't worry. Hot so. take. Is Tuesday Night Football better than Thursday Night Football? Definitely, at this point. Yeah. I would say. I would say. I mean, obviously, it goes doubleheader Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, I would think would be the ranking for sure. So yeah. that's what I'm siding with at this point.
0: I mean, during a pandemic... Shoot. Let's do it. I would take night. Wednesday
1: night football. Yeah, I would take any of them at this point. Yeah, Spread them out, put it. them in a bubble, cycle them through every eight days, and it could be perfect. So
0: now I'm excited. I was tired, now I'm excited. <laughs> Alright guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you all. Be well.